Hello and welcome back to the show. Today on The Drew View, we will be talking about February job and inflation numbers, looking into the situation with Russia and the U.S. and Russia colliding with a U.S. drone. We're going to see why meta and big tech companies are cutting so many jobs. We're going to take a look back on the East Palestine, Ohio situation, and we're going to tell you about the origin of the tea bag. And yes, I'm talking about the drink. Thanks again for tuning back in. All right, to our first story, we're going to look at inflation. Uh, so job numbers came out for February and inflation numbers and all that good stuff. And we're getting reports that inflation has cooled over the month of February. Now, I say cooled uh, for a reason because it hasn't slowed, it hasn't gone down, but it's cooled. It's not increasing at such a high rate, which I suppose is a good thing. Um, while it's cooling, it still remains high, though, and that's putting the Fed in a tough spot, right, because they're the ones who control the interest rates. Now, they're likely going to have to stop raising those interest rates after seeing what happened with SVB and some of the other banks. Uh, if you want more on that, you can go back to my last episode. Uh, but to deal with that, they're going to have to stop cutting or rather stop raising interest rates to try and deal with inflation because the more they do that, the more banks are going to collapse and it's going to lead to chaos. So uh, they're really in a tough position because inflation is running rampant, which is obviously no news to us. But then you also have these interest rates that are so high because they're trying to reduce inflation that it's on the other end causing banks to close down. So they're really in a tough spot. Uh, and we just are really in a pickle, and it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do. So that's definitely something we're going to keep monitoring, and we want to take a look at. Now, they did propose raising interest rates going into their next meeting, which I believe is like a week from today, uh, but that's probably not going to happen now after seeing uh, the two or three banks that have closed recently. Uh, you know, you're going to continue to hear that inflation is cooling and all these People are going to put out things saying, oh, inflation is cooling and make everyone feel excited. Oh, guess what, guys? Inflation's going down. Awesome. I can afford my groceries. Well, don't be fooled by the headlines because while they want to say that and they're going to tell you that, you can look at the prices for yourself. They're not going down that much. It's just slowing. Inflation is still way above what it should be, way above what the Fed wants it to be and all of that stuff. But they're still going to try and tell you that because, uh, well, they want you to vote for them. So just don't be fooled by that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of gaslighting. It's the same thing that happened after COVID, right? When they go, oh my gosh, Joe Biden is the best job creator ever. He has created, you know, X number of jobs. He's done a fantastic job as president creating all these new jobs. Um, no, you idiot. These were all jobs that were lost during the pandemic. People that were put out of work because of COVID and things relating to that. So it's not that we're gaining any jobs. It's just that people are going back to work finally, and we're still seeing that. But you're going to see the same sort of gaslighting and the same sort of, um, you know, false statements or uh, at least misleading statements that you heard with job growth. You're going to be hearing about inflation. Another situation that's kind of been in the news that I wanted to hit on is this whole thing with Russia and the U.S. So apparently a Russian jet has collided with a U.S. drone and took that down. I don't know if it was some sort of an interception. I'm still kind of trying to piece together that story, and I don't know the full context of it yet. It's kind of just coming out as I'm recording this. Uh, but what they are saying is 
you know, our defense and uh, people in our government are claiming that Russia is, you know, using unsafe and unprofessional practices in international airspace. This happened over, I believe, the Black Sea. Uh, and they said, you know, Russia keeps testing the waters more and more. Uh, and it's just interesting to see how far they're going to take it, right? You know, they, they've they already um, just done what they have with Ukraine, which is obviously further than they ever should have gone. Uh, and I think that a lot of that could have been prevented, but that's a story for another day that I don't want to quite get into today just because uh, timing's sake, I suppose. And then, uh, you know, it's just something we need to keep an eye on because how far are they going to keep pushing and pushing until we finally put the hammer down and say, okay, enough is enough. Knock it off. Something else that has been making headlines is this meta situation, and that's the new uh, Facebook and everything like that. Uh, they're laying off another 10,000 employees. So if you didn't hear they cut 11,000 in November, they're getting ready to cut 10,000 more, and they're also closing uh, 5,000 open jobs. They're closing those down. So it's interesting, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is he was quoted as calling 2023 his year of efficiency. So it's an interesting move that his efficiency is uh, laying off so many people. Uh, and, and that is going to be something interesting. You know, we have seen a lot of interesting things happening with tech companies and big tech companies recently. And, you know, we've uh, heard him say that this move was necessary because of challenging financial environment that we're in, the challenging financial environment. And that's something that also is interesting to me because, you know, you see these uh, banks that are uh, used by a lot of these tech companies and like Silicon Valley Bank, that one closed. Uh, it's interesting to see that, uh, you know, there might be some interesting things happening in the big tech world. And, you know, that's something I want to keep an eye on as well, because, uh, you know, are we beginning to see sort of a downfall in tech companies? Or are we beginning to see them like level off? Because, uh, you know, Facebook and many other companies have grown and grown and grown for 20 plus years or, you know, however long. Uh, but it will be interesting to see if they're going to keep that up or if it's eventually going to come to a halt. And what's that going to look like economically? And how is that going to affect uh, our whole entire country, both socially and economically? Now, this is the first time that I'm talking about this topic because I started the podcast after I saw this. Uh, but this was one of the reasons, actually, that I started the podcast was because I saw how media was reacting or rather lack thereof to this situation that happened in East Palestine. And I said, you know what? We need more people that are talking about what everyday Americans are facing. I mean, look at the people of East Palestine and what they face. So um, if you don't know, it wasn't uh, reported in the news very much uh, lately. Uh, it's been covered more than it was originally, actually. But there was a situation where a train was derailed and it released all of these toxic chemicals and their solution was to light it on fire. So we, we have this, uh, you know, you've probably seen pictures of this big mushroom cloud that came up releasing all these toxic chemicals into the air, which just looked like a horrific sight. It looked like something that you would have seen, uh, like if we were nuked or something, but it was uh, just these chemicals that got uh, just set on fire and uh, just a very dangerous situation. Uh, a lot of people had to evacuate uh, for days, had to leave their homes, and 
one of the interesting things about it is that we have pretty much been hush-hush about it. The media has not covered it as much as they should have for as big of a situation as it is. The president still to this day refuses to go there and visit with those people. And that's something I really want to hit on, right? So Joe Biden has no time, uh, rather has no problem spending time in Ukraine and talking to Zelensky for uh, days on end, and he'll send as much money there as they need. But as soon as it comes time to talk to everyday Americans, talk to the people of East Palestine and go visit them, he won't do it. He refuses. And it's just one of those interesting things where I'm not a super big American nationalist or anything like that. But when we have people in our own country that are struggling, if we can't find the time and the resources to help them out, how are we going to be able to go help other countries out when we have people in our own country suffering? You know, I was just reading an article, uh, I think it was last weekend, uh, that this woman was explaining the situation that they're in. And, you know, she said that they spent eight days in a hotel. They had to come home. She doesn't feel safe breathing the air, drinking the water. I think like 70 to 80 percent of the people of East Palestine don't feel safe drinking the water. Uh, she said she doesn't feel safe, you know, letting her kids or grandkids out, um, you know, playing outside, breathing in that air. Uh, she talked about how there was chemical burns from it. There were rashes. There was hoarseness. There was nausea. It's just this awful smell, these chemical burns. Um, you know, it's just such a sad thing that happened in our country. And it's something that we all should be united behind and should be able to come and say, wow, that was a horrible thing. Let's get behind these people. Let's help them out. Let's give them what they need. But it instantly became political for absolutely no reason. So, you know, you have Donald Trump, who um, obviously the reason that he went there was it was good optics politically, right? But I don't really care because he actually went and did something. He did more than our federal government did. He sent drinking water. He sent cleaning supplies. That's more than our government has done. You know, we have a president who, uh, like I said, has spent all this time in Ukraine. You have not seen him in East Palestine, and you probably won't. And what is the reason for that? Does he not feel safe there? Well, if that's the case, you need to let the people that live there know. You need to let them know that this area is not safe to live in. It's not safe to breathe the air. It's not safe to drink the water. Because if you're afraid to even go there because of that, then you need to let the people know. You don't need to just say, oh, yeah, all is well, all is fine, because you're giving the people false information and it's going to end up harming them in the long run. So if you know something that we don't, President Biden, please just let them know so they know that they need to get out of there uh, until it's safe to come back. There was this woman that I had read the article about. She said she's thinking about moving now more than ever because of that reason. She doesn't know if it's safe. Uh, and when we have a president that refuses to go there and comfort the people and talk to them and, and hear their concerns, it's concerning to me that he is either um, not caring about what they have to say, or he is afraid to go there because he thinks that it is unsafe. And either one of those reasons are not valid. Uh, you know, the only other thing I can think of is he doesn't want to because, oh, Republicans have gone there, so now it's become political. And do you know how to make this not political? Go there, show up, help the people, and then both sides have helped them. Both sides have done what they need, needed to do to show their support for this community. And then we can all sing Kumbaya and we'll all be good. And it'll be in one issue that could be apolitical. But no, we can't do that. We have to, oh, well, the right did it, so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go. 
why? Just tell us why you won't go if you refuse to go. I mean, if you're going to go two years later, forget about it. I mean, the reason that the people need you there is to hear their concerns now, not wait until these cancer-causing chemicals have enough time to harm them or anything like that, because then your words are going to mean nothing because you had the chance where you could have heard their concerns and addressed those, but instead you decided to wait. So I really think that Biden still, uh, if he has it in him, needs to go now, and more people in his administration need to go now before it's too late. All right, now we're going to get into that where'd that come from segment on uh, Wednesdays that we're going to be doing. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about tea bags, as I explained in the intro. And again, this is tea bags as in the drink, not in anything else, uh, in case you were wondering. So tea bags, how did they came to come to be, rather? How did people decide that, oh, let's put this tea in a little pouch and let's dunk it in water? Well, uh, at least the legend goes that Thomas Sullivan, uh, he shipped out samples of his tea product. Uh, you know, he was sending out samples for people to try out, and he was doing this. Uh, it was in 1908. Um, he was sending out samples in these little silk pouches. He wasn't intending for people to just drop those straight into water and make their own, you know, single-serve tea. He was just intending it to be a sample that they uh, used, you know, in a more traditional way. Uh, but people didn't really know this, so customers just said, hey, this is pretty interesting. Dunked them right in their hot water, and uh, the legend has it, that's how it came to be. People uh, thought these samples were uh, a new way of distributing tea, and so they said, let's test it out. And uh, ever since then, they started asking for more and more of the same, uh, you know, individual samples uh, so that they came in those little pouches that they could make their tea with. All right, I know this was a little bit of a quicker episode, but my last two episodes ran a little bit longer than I wanted them to, so I'm just going to pray real quick and then we'll wrap up. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for another podcast that you've given me. Uh, thank you for this platform that you've given me to be a voice. I ask that you help me to use that voice in a way that's glorifying to you. Uh, Father, I pray for those who are dealing with financial struggles during uh, this period of inflation, that you just be with them. I pray for the people in the situation with uh, the Russian jet and the drones and that you uh, keep everybody safe. Father, I pray for uh, the people who are being laid off, uh, that you just help them find uh, other jobs so they can be uh, you know, very stable and have a stable income. And Father, I just pray for the people of East Palestine. And I think that's super important that we uh, just keep them in our prayers and, and lift them to you because they're struggling and we know that you're the ultimate healer. And I just ask, ask that you provide comfort and healing uh, to those people during this time. Father, thank you for all that you do for us each and every day. It's in your name we pray. Podcast, maybe leave me a rating, 
I turn your notifications on on that app so you get notified anytime I drop a new episode. Thank you guys. I'll see you again tomorrow for my last episode of the week. And until then, stay blessed.